Oh, that's almost three pages. And I could write more, but you'll get the gist of it when you read it. Actually, I'm not gonna read it. My question to you is this. In light of all these wrongs, does God still love Tony? We both know he does. Do you? Now, Miss Clara, you're meddling. <laughs> There's love in my heart for Tony, but it's just buried under a lot of frustration. So he needs grace. Grace? I don't know that he deserves grace. Do you deserve grace? Miss Clara, you have a habit of backing me up in a corner and making me squirm. I felt the same way. But the question still remains, do you deserve grace? The Bible says that no one is righteous, not even one, for we have all sinned. So really none of us deserve grace, but we all still want God's forgiveness. Elizabeth, it comes down to this. Jesus shed his blood on the cross. He died for you, even when you did not deserve it. And he rose from the grave and offers forgiveness and salvation for anyone who turns to him. But the Bible also says that we can't ask him to forgive us while refusing to forgive others. I know, Miss Clara. But that's just so hard to do. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But that's where grace comes in. He gives us grace, and he helps us to give it to others, even when they don't deserve it. We all deserve judgment. And that is what a holy God gives us when we don't repent and believe in his son. I had to forgive Leo for some things. And it wasn't easy, but it freed me. Elizabeth, there's not room for you and God on the throne of your heart. It's either him or it's you. You need to step down. Now, if you want victory, you're gonna have to first surrender. But Miss Clara, do I just back off? and choose to forgive and then just let him walk all over me? God is a good defense attorney. Trust it to him. And then you can turn your focus to the real enemy. The real enemy? The one that wants to remain hidden. The one that wants to distract you and deceive you and divide you from the Lord and your husband. You see, that's how it works. Satan comes to steal, kill, Joy, and he is stealing your joy. He is killing your faith, and he's trying to destroy your family. If I were you, I would get my heart right with God. And you need to do your fighting in prayer. And you need to kick the real enemy out of your home with the word of God. It's time for you to fight, Elizabeth. It's time for you to fight for your marriage. It's time for you to fight the real enemy. It's time for you to take off the gloves and do it. All right, well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Well here at STSA. You, if you're here today for the first time, or maybe the first time in a while, you're here on a special week. 
We're going to do something today that we've never, ever done in the history of, of the church here of the well. We've never, something I've never done in my life as a priest, actually. You know what that is? Is sit down while I preach, all right? The reason I'm sitting down while I'm preaching, okay, is because in case you didn't see, I got a big fat boot on my left foot right here, which is not a big deal whatsoever. It's a very, 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 very small, very minor stress fracture. Um, and if people, it's not basketball, because that's what everyone with basketball. It's not basketball. It's just from being old, okay? Just at our age, right? At our age, it's just, uh, yeah, at our age, things start to fall apart, right? Right? So, I'm sitting down, okay? I'm sitting down here today, and I'm going to do my best to stay sitting down, but I just warn you, okay? Sometimes when I get excited, like I can't even talk on the telephone sitting down, right? So we'll see how it goes today, all right? But today is also a special message because today is going to be, in theory, my shortest message of the entire series. And the reason why it's my shortest message is not because I have a boot on my foot, okay? Because had I known I would have a chair, I could have made it longer, okay, if that was just the only thing. The reason why is because what we're going to talk about here today is really not a subject that's talking. It's not a listening. It's not an intellectual subject. Actually, of all the messages in, the, in this entire series, this was the most difficult one for me to prepare. Because today's message is more of a doing and applying, and it's something that you could sit here and listen to me for hour after hour after hour, and it's not something that I can convey to you in mere words. It's something that you just gotta kinda jump in. Like I can't tell you how to swim and give you all the instruction right here. Sometimes you just gotta kinda jump in the pool. Well, today's topic is kinda like that. Because what we're talking about, as the subject says, is surrender, surrendering to win. Now, when I say the word surrender, what do you think of? Surrender is one of those words, all right, if you are an experienced Christian, an experienced church-going Christian, you hear the word surrender all the time. One of our top cliches in Christianity is surrender. Oh, surrender. We have to surrender to God. I surrender all to you, God, and surrender and surrender and surrender. Surrender's up there with, like, being spirit-led, whatever that means, okay, and uh, being unequally yoked. Things that we talk about all the time, we don't know what it means. Just kind of these Christian buzzwords. Every song talks about surrender. Every sermon, someone says you have to surrender. Every Christian book will talk about surrender. And no one really knows what it means. Is it something, is this idea of surrender something that we just made up to make ourselves sound spiritual? Or is there something practical that we need to be doing and can measure, we're going to do that, a measurement to see whether or not I have truly surrendered? What we want to see today is how do I know if I've really surrendered or not? What does it mean and how do I know? Because the easy thing to say is, okay, I've surrendered. I, I come to church, you know, uh, I, I pray. I, you know, do all the right things I'm supposed to, but how do I know if I've surrendered? Like, for example, I pray about my marriage. Does that mean I didn't surrender my marriage to God? I pray about my sick grandma. Does that mean I didn't surrender her health into his hands? Like, I pray that the, the, the evil people who go shoot people in schools, I pray that they would stop that. Does that mean I haven't surrendered my future to God? Like, isn't that what the, isn't this whole series about praying and asking God to do stuff? So how does that fit in with surrender? I liked what she said in the video there, that, that clip in the beginning. The lady said, if you want victory, you're going to have to first surrender. And then after that, she said, you're going to have to let God fight for you or do your fighting for you. What I want to figure out today is what does that mean practically? 
And like I said, I'm gonna do my best to convey it to you, but I'm telling you, I'm gonna fall short. So today I'm gonna get some help, all right? We're going to have a uh, guest speaker come talk, come talk at the end of the session for a few minutes and share some of her thoughts about this subject because I felt like I couldn't do this all by myself. But we'll stay tuned till the end to get to there. First thing, before we get, oh, I'll tell you the other reason why today is special. I'll tell you the other reason why today is special. Look at your handout today. You know something different about your handout? I made it easy for you. No blanks. You don't got to write nothing. You don't got to write nothing. All the men saying, yes, thank you. You don't got to write nothing today. But what you need to do, the reason why there's no writing today is because I need everyone to be fully focused on listening and examining and seeing whether or not you have gotten this surrender thing down. Because what I'm going to say, what the lady said, is that with no surrender or without surrender, there is no victory. And you can listen to all the sermons. You could pray all day and all night until you get this surrender issue down. You could fight and fight and fight and fight and fight in prayer. You will never find victory. This surrender thing is really, really important. And that's why. I gave you a little break. There. I gave you all the answers on there. But with that said, feel free to take notes on all the other wise things that I may say above and beyond the blanks, okay? Lots of wisdom. In your handout, let's get a working definition of what does surrender mean. If you look in the dictionary, this is what it says. It's on your handout. It says to give oneself up as into the power of another, submit or yield. How do you feel about that definition? Give oneself up. Power of another, submit, yield. How do you feel about that definition? That doesn't sound like nice stuff. Like that doesn't sound like we, stuff that we aspire to do. Like you never see an after school special about the importance of giving up, of yielding, of letting someone else be an authority or power over you. I hate to bring an expression back from the middle school days, okay, but that sounds to me like loser talk. All those words in that definition are a nice, sensitive way of saying lose. And the way I was raised is we play to win the game. Well, this surrender thing, all these are synonyms for give oneself up into the power of another, submit, yield. All of it sounds to me like quitting. It sounds like giving up. It sounds like being a loser. Is that what God wants? Does God want us to be quitters? Does God want us to be losers? People who say, I can't, I give up. Because again, it seems to be the exact opposite of what we've been talking about in this series because the series is on prayer. So it seems to be the exact opposite of what we're talking about. Here's the key with surrender. Here's the key with surrender. Understand this. It's written in your handout. I'll put it up there on the screen. Surrender isn't about what. It's about whom. Surrender isn't about what. It's about whom. Or more accurately, to whom. We think about surrender in terms of, did I surrender this or did I surrender that? God doesn't look at it in terms of what. He looks at it in terms of whom or to whom. The word surrender, another word that we can substitute for it, okay, in the Bible is the word submit. Those two words are kind of used interchangeably in the Bible. The word submit or surrender. The, that word, when it's used in the New Testament, okay, in the epistle of St. James especially, which we'll see in a little bit, that word submit or surrender, has a very strong military connotation. Like it is used not in everyday conversation. Like people talk about it in a very military kind of a way, but not in the way that you may think of. Not in a surrendering to the enemy. Let me read you what it says. That word surrender or submit means to arrange troops in a military fashion under the command of a leader. Let me say that again. When we say the word surrender, 
or submit. It means to arrange troops in a military fashion under the command of a leader. So what does that mean? That means, stay. that means, for sure, I'm going to jump up at some point in time, okay? But I'll, I'll try to hold myself now. What that means is, if I'm in the military and the general walks in this room, what do I do? You stand up and you salute. Don't worry, I'm fine. Okay, it's not a big deal. Okay. You stand up and you salute. And you say, I submit to you, sir. And you say, yes, sir, sir. And he says, clean your uh, shoes. Your shoes are on clean. Yes, sir. He says, uh, you didn't do, yes, sir. He says, drop and give me 20. You say, yes, sir. That's submission in the biblical way. That form of submission or that form of surrender. I'm back. That was God's way of saying, don't get up again, okay? <laughs> that form of submission, that form of surrender, is that a form of weakness? Is that a form of quitting? Is that a form of being a loser? No, it's the exact opposite. Surrender doesn't mean quitting to lose. Surrender means surrendering, submitting to win. And in fact, if you are in the military, the only chance you have of being successful in the military is if you submit fully, 100% to those who are in authority over you. Y'all remember the movie, Few Good Men? Remember Few Good Men? Okay, we're talking about code reds and all that stuff. And the guy was asking, do, uh, do, do the guys obey your order? He said, yeah. Jack Nicholson character was saying, around our base, where we live right next to the enemy, people obey. And if people don't obey, what happens? Y'all remember what he said? People obey orders or else people die. There's no such thing as every man for himself in the military. That's a strategy for disaster. It's a recipe for disaster. If you want victory, you must learn to surrender. Not surrender to the enemy, but surrender to your commanding officer. And submit yourself. Say, you know what? It's not what I want to do. It's what he wants to do. It's not my game plan. Hey, I think we should attack uh, 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 Canada. He says, no, attack, uh, you know, uh, the Netherlands. <laughs> Hey, it's not my plan. Oh, I think we should attack. Let's bomb them. He says, no, we're actually going to go ground troops. It's not my strategy. Surrender means that it's his plan. What's the opposite of surrender in that situation? What would be the opposite? What would be the antonym? Resist. Fight against. Look at this verse here from James chapter 4, verse 7. It says, submit to God. Resist the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil. You see, forgive me here. We got this thing backwards. We got this thing backwards. We resist the wrong guy and submit to the wrong guy. Because we focus on what to submit, what to surrender, instead of focusing on whom we should surrender to. So what happens in, in any situation? Any situation, you're in a situation, the situation of the movie, the marriage situation. The devil creeped in her ear and says, fight against him. Jesus crept in her ear and said, give grace to him. Who do you submit to and who do you resist? Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil. We find ourselves doing the opposite. We go home and we know that God wants us to, sub we, God wants me to show grace to my wife, but I'm going to go home and argue with my wife. We know that God wants me to turn the other cheek. And I say, you know, I'm not turning the other cheek. I'm going to turn the fist. We know that people gossip about us. And God says, do not gossip back about them. And we say, you know what? We will resist you, God. And we will submit to devil who says, for an eye for an eye. And get him right back. And he gossiped about you. You gossip about him. 
We understand the principle, but we got it backwards. We resist the wrong person and submit to the wrong person. In the movie clip that we just saw, you saw this kind of inner struggle with a lady. Okay, her name is Elizabeth, the, the younger lady, the wife. And you saw when, when Miss Clara told her, I'm not, I don't care what he did to you. You got to forgive him. You got to show grace. What did she say? What was her response? What is her response? But he doesn't. He doesn't deserve it. Was she right? Yes, she's right. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve grace. He doesn't deserve forgiveness. But you see, your commanding officer is telling you that's what to do. And you see your enemy who is trying to shoot you, your enemy across the battle line, who is firing bullets at your head, is the one telling you, yes, do not forgive him. And your commanding officer says, forgive. Who you resist and who you submit to. You see how we got this thing wrong? Do you see how we got this thing wrong? We focus on what instead of focusing on to whom. And that's why we struggle when it comes to getting our prayers answered. We, comes, we struggle when it comes to finding victory in our spiritual lives. The only way to victory, as Miss Elizabeth said there, or, or as Miss Clara said, the only way to victory is surrender. The only way to victory is surrender. The only way to win the fight is to let God do the fighting for you because God is a very good defense attorney, as Miss Clara said. Now, you can re read your mind right there. Let me, let, me, let me jump into your mind right now and you're saying, you know what, Father Anthony, I do that. I submit. I got people all the time to come and tell me this. Come sit with me and say, you know, uh, my marriage, you know, um, <clears throat> I, I'm single and I'm struggling and, you know, I just don't know if God has anything for me in the future. Or, you know, people say, you know, my career, my, like whatever it may be. Uh, my response is always the same. My response is always the same. Is there anything you can do to improve yourself? Like you complain about your husband. Are you the perfect wife? You complain that God isn't giving you this at work. Are you the perfect employee? Like, are you a model of integrity? You complain that for your future, God hasn't provided a spouse yet. Okay, are you doing singleness the way God wants you to do? Are, are, you, are you doing what you need to be doing right now? And many times people say, yes, I'm doing everything right. Nothing I need to do wrong. God's not doing his part. I'm doing my part. God's not doing his part. God, I'm not, I'm not doing my, my part. God's not doing his part. Excuse me? I beg your pardon? You know what my response to that is? Those of you who say, yeah, I surrender to God. I do this, 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 and that. I surrender to God. Let me ask you a question. Is there a difference between to surrender to God and to, and to surrender fully to God? Is there a difference between to submit to another person and to submit fully to another person? Is there a difference? Of course there is. There's degrees of submission. Absolutely there is. Your boss at work, do you submit to him? Yeah. And some things, what uh, time to show up at work? His call. What color paper to, to do the, the status report in? Fine. Uh, how to sign my emails? No problem. I submit. But if he come and tell me what to do on my Friday night, I didn't submit to that. He come and tell me who I should marry. No, thank you. I submit to him to a degree, but to other things I don't submit to him. Police officers, we submit to them. Unless they're not around. <laughs> then we drive as fast as we want. <laughs> they're around, we submit to them. There are degrees of submission. So when you say, I submit to God, I have no doubt you submit to God. You gave up a Sunday morning in the cloudy, rainy, going to be a hurricane, end the world, nothing end up happening kind of a day. <laughs> you submit to God, but do you submit fully to God? And there's a difference. You know the difference? Why the difference is so important? 
an analogy that you may have heard before. You, as a Northern Virginia, D.C. metropolitan uh, resident, one of the things that defines us is what's in most of your hands right now. Cup of coffee. Okay. We're probably one of the largest coffee-consuming areas in the country, they say. Right? You get yourself a cup of coffee. You got cups lined up. One cup, two cup, three cup, all these different cups lined up. One is fancy, schmancy, and has like, you know, the Starbucks, doesn't it have like a little verse of the day or something at the bottom of it? One of them says recycled from, you know, trees or leaves and the, whatever. All these different kinds of cups. And one of them has like a cartoon on it. And one of them has like, you know, a stock report. I don't know what's on a coffee cup. Whatever's on a coffee cup. All those things are nice. But how do you choose a cup to put your scalding hot coffee into? You want one that has no holes in it. But if I bring you a cup that is 99% has no holes, but has 1% holes, would you use it? Just 1% hole. 99%, like that guy's cup has 10% hole. That guy's cup has a 5% hole. My cup has only 4% hole. That's good. You like, I like those odds. Would you use it? Would you pour your cup of coffee into it? Would you? The hole is on top, other than the hole on top. Thank you very much, okay? <laughs> Silly me, okay? <laughs> other than the hole on top, would you use it? No. Why? Because the functionality isn't there. If I'm going to pour something inside there, I need it to be 100% surrendered to hold on to what I pour inside of it. Well, God is the same way. You see, when it comes to God, many things we submit. Murder, that's no good. Get rid of murder. I agree, God. Okay. Uh, uh, stealing, I agree. We're, we shouldn't steal. Sabbath day, that's probably important too. We'll give God that one. But then what about forgive? No, I forgive. I forgive almost everybody. I surrender to God. Almost everyone I've forgiven. No, I turn the cheek like 50% of the time. Carry my cross, show grace, stop resisting God, obey. Is there a difference between submit and submit fully? Absolutely, there's a difference. And the only way to victory, the only way to victory is full submission. You see, you can come to church every Sunday for the rest of your life. You can put the biggest check in that money box at the end of the day. You can say all the prayers in the whole wide world you want. If you have not fully submitted to God, you will never find victory. Sorry, forgive me. That's not what you want to hear. That's not what you want to hear. That's not what I want to hear. Because what I want to hear is the same thing you want to hear, which is, you know what? God knows, this is it. all of a sudden, God's compassion. No, God knows we're weak. And God knows that it's hard. And God knows, and God knows, and God knows, and God knows. And that's what I want to say, and that's what you want to say, is God knows, and God knows, and God knows, and God knows. Bottom line, if you didn't surrender, if you did not surrender, you should never expect victory. Because no one in the military thinks he's going to win a war unless he is fully, watch this, I'm going to say a politically incorrect term, blind obedience to his commanding officer. Blind obedience to his commanding officer. Anyone in the military, see, in the, in, in the civilian world, we don't like blind obedience. It sounds bad. You go find someone in the military, and you talk about blind obedience is a, a, a core foundational principle upon which the military is based. You do not question your commanding officer. You obey your commanding officer, or like Jack Nicholson told us, if people die. Well, I say the same thing when it comes to God. It's blind obedience. Now you say, hey, wait a minute. Blind obedience, we don't like that. That sounds like that David Koresh crazy cult stuff. 
We don't like blind obedience. Look, I'm not saying blind obedience to me. I'm saying blind obedience to God. Yeah, you shouldn't blind obedience, have blind obedience to me. I don't even care if you listen to me, if you obey God. Don't listen to any man. Don't obey any man. Obey God. But when it comes to God, there's no discretion when it comes to what God says. I put this out on Twitter a couple days ago because it's my heart was aching. And I promise, I'm not saying this in a condemning way. I'm saying it's in my heart aches. I promise you my heart aches if you knew how much my heart aches when this. I put it on Twitter. Why? When God speaks and we know God's voice, why do we let the voice of man veto the voice of God? Why do we let even not the voice of man, but my own thoughts? How can my thoughts, my fears, my anxiety veto, outpower the voice of God that speaks so clearly? You never find victory until you surrender first. My goal today, <clears throat> my goal today is to show you what that means. And what I want to do in the time we have remaining before I bring our, I say our guest speaker up here, as I want to answer to you practically, what does it mean to surrender? And I can't answer a, I want to give you like one statement, which is practical, even though it doesn't sound practical, but by the end it will be practical. I want to give you a statement and then a measurement of which you can see whether or not you're doing it. A statement and then a measurement to see whether or not you're doing it. First, the statement. What does it mean to submit practically, I say this. It means to choose life. Choose life. And let me explain what that means. First of all, I don't know what this means to you when I say choose life. My understanding is this expression is used by different people to mean different things politically. Okay? I have no political agenda. I don't know what it means. Different people, I'm not, I'm not talking about anything political. Anyone who uses it politically is ripping off the person who said it first, which is Moses. Okay, so I'm taking it from that great politician, that great leader of, of, of civilization, which is Moses. Moses is the first one who actually, Moses actually ripped it off from God. Okay, so Moses ripped it off from God, and that's who we're referring to right now. When Moses said the expression to choose life, we're going to read a passage now from Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30 is like Moses' final speech to the nation of the Hebrews which he has been leading for several years. And he has been taking them on a journey to the promised land. And they are about to enter. They are on the verge of entering the promised land. Moses actually doesn't make it inside. So this is like Moses' final words almost. Okay, he, he dies shortly after this. Moses, as he is taking the people, they have been praying, praying for years, decades, centuries to be honest for this day. A prayer that they've been praying, they had the prayer card, they attended the series, they knew everything there was about prayer, and they've been praying, 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 and they're about to get their prayer answered. And listen to what Moses tells them in Deuteronomy chapter 30, starting in verse 11. It's a long passage, so stick with me here. For this commandment, which I command you today, is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off, it is not in heaven that you should say who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it today. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you in your mouth, in your heart that you may do it. That's all an introduction. What Moses is saying there. Y'all catch what he's saying. He's saying, don't think what I'm about to say is very spiritual. 
Don't think it's very difficult. Like you have to have a PhD to understand what I'm about to say. I'm about to say something very, very simple. So I want you like not to put in your mind, Father Anthony's going to tell us something, you know, very mystical. No, I'm going to say something very simple that anyone can get it. Okay. You don't need, it's very near to you. It's in your mouth. Actually, what I'm about to tell you is already in your heart, even though you don't know it. What is it? See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. And that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, that you may live and multiply. The Lord, that the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. What Moses is saying right here. All right, he's about to get to the, he's about to, he's setting up here for the next sentence we're about to see. He's saying right here, he's saying, I'm setting before you today door number one and door number two. And then let's make a deal game. I'm giving you option A and option B. And I'm telling you, one of them is life and one of them is death. One of them is good and one of them is evil. I'm setting before you today the choice of life or death, of good or evil, and that you would know how to achieve life. And he starts to give us that you would love God, walk in his ways, keep his commandments, his judgments, that you may live and multiply. And then he says it this way. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to how he defines what it means to choose life. That you love the Lord your God, that you obey his voice. I love this word. This is one if you want to highlight, circle, that you may cling to him that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. What is Moses saying is the key to life. Only two choices, life and death. So everything I'm saying about life, you just go inverse and that's death. The key to life the key to life is surrender. Is surrender. That's what he's saying. He's saying, choose life. Okay, what's that mean, Moses? Choose life. It means obey God. It means love him. It means cling to him for he is your life. If he gives you a statute, you obey it. If he gives you a, a commandment, you keep it to the death. You fight to death to keep his commandment. Because in his commandments, in his commandments is life and death. Life and death are found in your choices, not in your circumstances. I'm going to break down what that means. What Moses is telling us today is that life and death are set before each one of us, and it's up to you to choose life. See, we think that my circumstances in life have given me death, and God says, uh-uh. Because, see, you have this thing inside you. You know, when God created the entire universe, every living being, he gave you as a human being, made in his image, a gift he didn't give to anyone else. You know what that gift is? It's called free will. And it's the greatest gift that we have. Because in the gift of free will is the power to choose life and death. Because there is not one circumstance, one situation in all of life where you do not have the power to choose how you will respond to it. There's not one, like people can take away our freedom. People can take away our, 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 our breath, but they cannot take away our ability to choose. And that ability to choose is the most powerful gift that God has given to us. Because in that power, I'm sorry, in that gift to choose is the power of life. What does that mean? 
what I want you to see, understand me on this one, that in every situation, even no matter how dark it is, you have the power to choose your response. If someone cheats on you, you have the power to cheat back or to forgive. If someone gossips about you, you have the power to gossip back or to uh, show great. Like you have the power in any circumstance. And what I'm telling you is in that choice is the power of life or death. The movie after this takes a completely different turn for those of you who have seen it. After she made this decision, she said, you know what? My joy is not in my husband's hands. He was still a jerk. He was still a jerk. But she said, you know what? I'm going to find joy in God. He was still doing some stuff that he shouldn't be doing. But she basically said, I am choosing not to be angry. I am choosing not to get even. I'm choosing life, not death. Is that easy or not easy? Is that easy or not easy? The hardest decision in the world to make is to put yourself entirely in the hands of God. Because whether you admit it or don't admit it, we are all control freaks. To different degrees, but we're all control freaks. The number one control freak, sitting right here on the stage. That's why even you see me, I'm the, the boot, I'm still jumping up. Okay. You know what lesson I felt God teaching me about this topic a few years back? What's the difference between surrendering, putting, my control, putting the control in God's hands versus kind of not surrendering everything? If I have a card and I say, okay, you know, this is how most of us treat our relationship with God. We say, okay, God, I have a car. And for most of my life, I kind of went wherever I wanted. I drove here and I drove there. And I know you were telling me go east and I was just going west because I didn't really care. But you know what, God? Now I'm coming back to you. So now I will go where you tell me to go. I will say, you tell me and I will go. And that sounds like a good thing. Is that a good thing? Absolutely, it's a good thing. Is that the end goal of what God wants? No. You know what God wants? God doesn't want to sit shotgun and tell you turn left, turn right, upstairs, uh, go uh, forward, go backward. You know what God wants? He wants the keys. Me? No one drives my car. No one especially drives it when I'm in it. I drive. You tell me where to go. Why? Why? Even if you tell me, even if you, like, if you tell me the most, I, that you tell me the most minute detail, I'll let it better than you drive. You know why? Because I'm still in control. You tell me left, you know what? I will evaluate it and then agree and then turn. You tell me forward, I will evaluate it, agree, and, then, and sometimes you'll tell me right, and I'll know, actually, I don't think it should be right, but I will just be polite, and I'll say, you know what, I'll take them for the team, so I'll go right, and then I end up coming back this way. But in the end, I'm still in control. Surrender equals? Surrender equals go sit in the back. Put the map down. Stop even watching where I'm going. Read a book. Take a nap. That's what surrender means. And that's what Elizabeth said here in this. Not in a passive way, but in a, you know what? I'm going to let God do God's thing and I'm going to focus on me thing. What's the me thing? I'm doing everything right. Are you doing everything right? Because what God told her, he said, Elizabeth, you need to do your part. What's your part? You need to pray for your husband. Do you pray for your husband? No, I don't pray for him. Okay, then don't worry about what he does. You pray for him. You need to forgive your husband. Did you forgive him? I don't need to forgive him because he's this and that. Well, God forgave you. You need to forgive him. 
You need to show him grace. Even beyond forgiveness, extend to him grace. See, there's a lot that you need to be doing on your part. Well, what about this? And what about this? And he's cheating on me. He is. Well, let God do his part. Because she said it so nicely. You can defend yourself or God can defend you. But it can't be both. You can drive and God can sit quietly or he driving you sit quietly, but it can't be both. Can't have a car with two steering wheels. Can't have a ship with two captains. Can't have a heart with two thrones. Can't have a kingdom with the two kings, only one king. God is very respectful. You want to be the king, you go for it. But a better way is you choose to obey me. You focus on your part and let me do my job because I know what I'm doing and I do a much better job than you. This picture, I like it so much because it shows us how, what a life of surrender is all about. Because I'm choosing to obey God and walk according to his commandments regardless of whether he gives me what I want or doesn't give me what I want. In the movie, as I shared with you before, okay, again, the movie wouldn't have been as exciting if her prayers did not get answered. Like if, if the movie ends in a bad way, it wouldn't have been as probably uh, popular, okay? But regardless, okay, she gets her prayers answered. He comes around, like everything works out and, and it wraps up nicely in an hour and 45 minutes, okay? But that, that's just how you have to make a movie. In the reality, your prayers may not be answered. But that's not, we're not bribing God. We're not blackmailing. Okay, say, okay, God, here's the keys. Now go ahead and fix all my problems. I'll wait patiently. That's not how it works. True surrender, as I put, I put my life in his hands. I say, you know what? I will, be jo I will choose joy even when everything around me is miserable. I will choose to be joyful. Nothing can steal my joy. I will choose not to be bitter. I will choose to be thankful even when everything around me is, is, leads to not thankful. I will choose life, not choose death. In the Bible, there are many people ask me, I told you about this movie. Is the movie true? The movie is not true, but it is based on a true story because this happens all the time where people choose life and God comes through for them. I put some verses in your handout, but I want to kind of skip through most of them just for the sake of time. There's a great story in the book of Daniel about some people who are faced with a tough situation. They chose to obey God and resist the devil as opposed to vice versa. There's a story in the book of Acts where some people were thrown in prison uh, even though they were innocent and they chose choose life, okay, and choose to praise God as opposed to choose death and bitterness. But the best story of them all is the one that needs no explanation is the true model, is our Lord Jesus Christ, who was innocent 100%, never committed a crime or a sin, never even told a white lie, like never cheated on his taxes, like never, like never did nothing, never stole a pencil from the, from the office, like never nothing. He was accused falsely, he was convicted falsely, he was beaten, he was spat upon, he was tortured, he carried a cross, he was nailed to that cross. And how did he respond? Through all that suffering. St. Peter, his closest disciple, one of his closest disciples, summarizes it and says this way. He says, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he committed himself to him who judges righteously. What does it mean to choose life? 1 Peter 2.23. Did he have a right to fight? Yes. Did he have a right to scream? Yes. Had he let a little four-letter word out, would anyone have accused him and said he's a bad man? No. He had every right to curse, to scream, to be bitter, to be angry, to smack them upside the head. He chose life. 
and in his choice was the victory. And you have that same choice. You have that same power in the palm of your hand. No one tells you what to choose. No one tells you whether to be bitter or not bitter. That's your choice. No one tells you whether to be joyful or not joyful. That's your choice. No one tells you whether to forgive or not forgive. That's your choice. I'm not saying it's easy. It's the most difficult thing. But again, back to the movie. Was it easy? Wives, is it easy for a woman to say, you know what, my joy doesn't come from my husband? Is that easy, wives? That's the hardest thing. Wives, is it easy, even more, to say, you know what, whether or not my husband changes or not changes, that's not my responsibility. I'm telling you, it's like a gene inside women to change their husband. It's something that's innate inside them. The greatest desire inside them is to change their husband. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean it in an honest way. Women don't face a man and say, I can't change him. That's something inside him. No, I can change him. It's not easy. But it's life. And it's your choice. I know I didn't do a good job explaining this to you. So I'm going to bring our guest. Hello, STSA family, and welcome to my war room. Um, Father Anthony had asked me to record a video to share a little bit of my story about what God has been doing um, in my life through prayer over the past several months. I was very, very reluctant <laughs> to do that. It's a little bit intimidating to share something so personal with so many people. Um, but I, through prayer, decided that it was probably what God wanted me to do. And the Buddha Anthony kind of convinced me a little bit of that as well. Um, Recently, I went through some circumstances that were very difficult, um, you know, several months ago. And the circumstances sort of left me very broken, um, very hurt, very angry, and like stole my peace, really. And I didn't really know what to do about it. I wanted to break free. I wanted to like just make the pain go away. And I mean, nothing I did worked. No conversations I had, no, nothing, I mean, nothing worked. I, like, my friends were great, and they encouraged me, and they prayed with me, and I just felt like I wasn't there yet, and I didn't really know how to get there, and, you know, I had people tell me, like, you know, it's normal, it's normal to feel this way when stuff like this happens, it's normal to be angry, it's normal to be upset, it's normal to be bitter, like, it's normal, you know, like, you deserve that, you have the right to feel that way and and I did I had the right to feel the way that I felt and I finally just didn't know how to like shake it you know I just didn't know how to let it go and so I recognized that the one thing I needed was prayer and not just like God please make this go away but like genuine sincere prayer and I went to God and and I was like listen I don't know what you want for me like I was very honest, maybe too honest, um, if there is such a thing. But I was like, I don't know what you want from me. I mean, I'm trying to do everything I can to move on and to make this situation better and to like restore my peace. And I felt like God was like, you know, I know you're trying to do all of the things that you need to do to make this better, but you don't recognize one very important thing. And it's that your battle is not really with the people that are part of the circumstance. Your battle is not on the outside. Your battle is here, like me and you. And we have to win here, like in this room, we have to win the battle 
in order for you to win anywhere else. And so I was like, all right, I mean, I don't know what that means. Like, what does that even mean? And I felt like I was upset with God. I have a right to be upset. I have a right to be like to be angry. I have a right to be resentful. Like I deserve to be angry, you know, like it's, it's my right, you know, and the circumstances, they were just, they were hard. And I felt very strongly, um, when I was praying that God said, you know what, you're right. You absolutely deserve to be angry. You deserve to be upset. You have the right to be bitter and to be hateful. You have that right. And if you choose to claim that right, nobody would blame you. But when you claim that right, you claim death. And you have the right to claim death. You deserve death. You do. You deserve it. But I love you, and I want to give you the option to choose life. And it was like a very profound moment in my prayer that like, yeah, I have the right to be angry, and I have the right to be upset, but like, who, why would I want that? Like, why would I choose to be angry over choosing to have peace? Like, why would I choose bitterness and resentment over love and joy? Like, why would I do that? And I felt like I'm such an idiot. <laughs> like, God is giving me the option to choose life. And I continue to choose death, and I'm not really sure why. And so I decided during, like, in, in that moment of prayer that, like, no, God, like, I want to choose life. I want to choose life. But I don't know how. I don't know if I can forgive. Like, I don't know. And I felt like God was saying, no, no, you've won the battle just by choosing life. And I'll help you to forgive. And I'll give you the grace to choose joy. And and he really did. And, I mean, if you had asked me six months ago how my life was going, the response six months ago and the response today would have been completely different. You know, and it's only because I won the battle in prayer that I was able to kind of regain control or really let go of control and give it to God and and be as joyful and as happy and as confident in my relationship with God as I am right now. And it's because I won the battle in prayer. My circumstances didn't change at all. They're actually much worse <laughs> now than they were six months ago. And I'm just thankful that God didn't answer my prayers. I mean, my prayers were like, please make this go away, you know, please do something about this situation. And, and, and going to God in prayers, going to God in prayer didn't really change my circumstances, but it changed me. And I wouldn't have traded, now that I know what I know, I wouldn't trade those circumstances for better circumstances if it meant that God wouldn't have changed me and shaped me in the way that he did over the past several months. And, like, it's hard. Like, I'm not going to lie, it's hard. But I'm battling with God prayer is 
so much more productive and so much more fulfilling than trying to change my circumstances myself, than trying to justify my anger, justify my bitterness, you know, by blaming other people. And, and yeah, people are wrong. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But I just, going to God in prayer changed me and ultimately changed my life. Um, and so I feel like this series means so much to me because, like, I've lived it. And I know that it's true, and I know that prayer really does work. And it may not work in the way that I want it to. It may not change my circumstances and what I pray for, but it certainly changes me, and I think that's the point. Um, so that's my story. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that worthy of clapping, right? Because that ain't easy to do, go up there. I, I'm done. Okay, I'm done. I'm going to ask our music team to kind of come on back up and lead us in a song. Because what, what I'm trying to say is this, okay? And I hope between something I said, between something the video, between something Sherry said up there, is I want to convince you of this one statement, okay? Andrew Murray, who wrote a great book called Absolute Surrender, said this. He said, God is ready to assume full responsibility for the life wholly yielded to him. The only way we can conclude this talk again, this is not an intellectual thing. This is, I need to stand in front of God, all right? And I need to stand in front of God and be honest. What am I holding on to, okay? Maybe actually we can do that. I'm going to stay sitting, but maybe we can all stand together and, and dim the lights here, okay? All stand together. Okay, before we pray, we'll all stand together. And, and, and let's close our eyes. And we need to be honest with ourselves, honest in front of God. And say, what is it that I'm holding on to that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm not letting go of? Is there any area in my life where, yeah, I'm like submitting to God but not submitting fully? And my guess is you probably don't need to think too hard to figure out what, like whatever it is that, that kind of pops in your head is most likely what God is trying to speak to you about. So let's ask God to help us to really submit and choose life like the lady did, like Sherry talked to us about, and like Moses commanded us. What fortune lies beyond the stars Those dazzling heights too vast to climb I got so high to fall so hard But I found heaven as love swept low My heart beating, my soul breathing I found my life when I laid it down, upwards falling, spirit soaring, I touched the sky when my knees hit the ground. What treasure waits within your scars? This gift of freedom gold can buy. I bought the world and sold my heart. You traded heaven to have me again. My heart beating, my soul breathing. I found my life 
When I laid it down, upwards falling, spirit soaring, I touched the sky. When my knees hit the ground, find me here at your feet again. Everything I am, reaching out, I surrender. Come sweep me up in your love again, and my soul will dance. On the wings of forever, find me here at your feet again. Everything I am, reaching out, I surrender. Come sweep me up in your love again, and my soul will dance. On the wings of forever, find me here at your feet again. Everything I am, reaching out, I surrender. Come sweep me up in your love again, and my soul will dance on the wings of forever. My heart beating, my soul breathing. I found my life when I laid it down, upwards falling. Spirit soaring, I touched the sky when my knees hit the ground. My heart beating, my soul breathing. I found my life when I laid it down. Upwards falling, spirit soaring, I touched the sky. When, when my knees hit the ground. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, as we stand before you, all of us are like naked in our souls in front of you. You see straight through us, and you know what we're hiding, and you know the things that we are holding on to, that we try to convince ourselves that we have let go of, but Lord, you see all things, and you know all things. So I pray, Lord, that you would help each one of us to make a decision today to choose life, to choose to obey you, to cling to you, to follow your commands. Lord, we submit our lives wholly into your hands. You are the general, the commander. You are the captain of our lives. You are the king of the universe. And from now on, Lord, we want you to live on the throne. And where you lead, we follow. Even if it's hard and we don't know how we would do it, we trust, Lord, that you'll help us to do it. And anyone, Lord, who's holding on to anything today, I pray that by your grace and by your power, by your spirit working in this room and in our hearts, that you would free us from it, Lord, that we can choose life. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us, that we walk out of here with like a, 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 a courage and a strength and a resolve to walk in this world. Even the circumstances are the same, but we are not the same because we are going and choosing life, not death. We choose life. We choose joy. We choose peace. We choose you to submit to, and we will resist the devil and all of his lies that he throws at us. We pray all these things in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, with the prayers of all your saints. Hear us, Lord, as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, in Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.